welcome to the TV That Changed Me podcast. I'm Beth Watson, and today we're talking about I'm Just Like That. So ever since the release of I'm Just Like That, I've been seeing so many takes and opinions online about this crazy show and all the mad things they've done to the Sex and the City characters. So in order to get the uh, the real scoop, I had to speak to my best mate, Immy, who you might know from our original Sex and the City versus Girls episode. Uh, not only is she a Sex and the City obsessive and scholar, she's also a training psychotherapist therapist and loves to bring her own psychoanalysis to her sex in the city thoughts. So we had a little catch up over Zoom this week that I wanted to share with you all. It, we're not on our top game because we both currently have COVID-19, but um, I hope you enjoy it anyway. What were your initial thoughts when you watched the SATC reboot? (laughs) Well, I just feel like, and I felt like this the whole time, but my anxiety about it being bad was so big that my relief that it was just okay has made me think that it was amazing. But everyone that I know is not happy with it. But I, I just feel like they're like my mum's best friends and it just doesn't matter what they do. Like I've grown up with them and I love them. But also I do think parts of it really worked. I'm just really happy to be back with the girls. I know, me too. So let's set the scene. So where, what's going on in, and just like that when we meet the girls again? So it, the initial scene is really uncomfortable, I think. Actually, no, I think they do. I'm going to, I can I just really defend the, the show? Because I just, I actually think a lot of this worked. So the initial scene, it's the three of them and they make some kind of COVID joke about like, oh, social distancing. And then someone comes up to them. I think it's Patty Von Muffling, <laughs> my favorite character <laughs> in the explicit universe. But she comes up to them and she says, where's Samantha? And they say she's in love. London. And at this point, like my stomach was clenched because I thought, okay, so they haven't killed her, but what are they going to do with her? Where's she going? But then they, I think they, what they did perfectly is that they brought some of the life data into the show. So we know that, that she's moved, but that she's moved because of a falling out that she's had with uh, the girls, because I think she wanted to do Carrie's PR. It's such a narcissistic storyline to Sarah Jessica Parker, because obviously she had this falling out with Kim Cattrall. And she, the storyline is that she rejected Kim. So Kim's giant ego meant that she moved away, which isn't dissimilar to what happened in real life, according to SJP. But anyway, so the girls are there. They basically just sit down and they have a conversation. But it's the kind of conversation that the show is all about they're talking about charlotte basically says to miranda you're gonna dye your hair again and then miranda retorts in a classic way about that you just want me to dye your hair because you think that my hair makes you look old Mm. and i just thought like boom yeah themes i like that I like that they're doing what the show did, which is that they're bringing up things that are could be moments of insecurities, and then they're just ping ponging it off all these different perspectives. 
again, it's, you know, issues for women, female problems. Just like in the show, their issues were to do with contraception or body weight or uh, boyfriends. Now it's to do with grey hair. And I, I just think it's just as... It's just as up close to what it, what the issues are. It's really interesting because your initial reaction was it was really good. So then when I watched it myself and then I looked in the on the Twitters, on The Guardian, on <laughs> TikTok. Yeah, I did the same. I was yeah. then like, okay, so the world and Emmy have different opinions. <laughs> like everybody else was really cross about it. And I was like, no, I think you're right. I liked the storyline about Miranda having grey hair. I thought that was very her that she would have grey hair. Yeah. I thought it was yeah. very her. I liked... I kind of, I liked the celebrity gossip aspect of the way they dealt with Samantha. Like it was a nod to the kind of fallout that they had really had. And the fact that she's living in London and Kim Cattrall is like British, isn't she? Like her mum's British or something. Yeah, it was very, it's very carefully thought through (laughs) location. I mean, also, I don't know. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like people, what were people fucking expecting? Like I was expecting it to be a little bit crap, but a little bit fun. And as long as it wasn't like the movies, uh, it was closer to the show. And there were moments where you could kind of see them just making day-to-day decisions and finding things difficult and talking about it with each other and communicating and being challenged by their age and being challenged by society developing. I just thought that's exactly what would be going on with these women because they're not cool. Like, yeah, they were cool in the 90s, but who continues to be cool from the 90s to 2021? No one. And if they try to make them cool or what they did in the movies, which was just try and make them glamorous or like hide a lack of plot with the fashion. He wasn't, nobody was trying to ignore or overlook the way that sex in the city isn't current anymore. It kind of just looked it right down the barrel. And I just liked that. Mm, I agree. I agree. I think the place where I was not, there were a couple of bits where I was like, oh, you've fallen into the same trap that Gilmore Girls did with A Year in the Life, where they sort of jam-packed the first like opening few scenes with like these kind of 2020, well, at the time it was 2016, but these kind of like, Contemporary buzzwords So like in a year in their life They're like oh my god fat shaming In like the first 10 minutes And I'm like don't talk about fucking fat shaming now You girls have been like fat shaming for like 20 years Yeah it's like a desperation It's like a desperate claw back Yeah anyway so I the bits where I felt like Oh god it's the same The same problem again The podcast I hate Well that was a trigger for you (laughs) I hated the podcast (laughs) I hated everything about the podcasting aspect It made me hate that I have a podcast It made me hate that I'm a podcaster I think that's a you problem though I mean I'm projecting Don't you think it's likely though That a podcast would semi-ironically get on uh, Carrie Thinking that she's going to be really sexual And the whole thing that everyone said the whole time All the voices in my head definitely said this That she... Is supposed to be um, talking. She's supposed to be an expert on sex, and she's really prude. Yeah, and that's finally being addressed, and it's being addressed. And you know, it's not just being addressed by her friends. It's like this is the reality that this woman was supposed to be this like sexually liberated character. But if you put her in a modern context, she's really prude. She just deflects 
like she's always deflected when anything sexual came up or intimate. She's actually very quite a, she's kind of a shy person in a lot of ways. She's very private. And that was something that towards the final seasons was becoming more and more uh, of a disparity between her character and the expectations other people had of her and who she was actually becoming as an older woman. And I think that they never, it was, I like how they dealt with that because there's like the, the Carrie persona and then there's just the actual Carrie and the actual Carrie is like, we see just this woman who's married, who likes to listen to records and kiss her husband on the mouth. But like, that's, I like that they're looking at that because she, she stopped being fun when she cut her hair off. We all know that. <laughs> they're like, let's just, that's fine. That's true to her. <laughs> Not everyone is the same spunky person they are when they're 20 as when they're 50. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point. And, it, and I really appreciate that. Like, I think you're right. Like she was a sex columnist 25 years ago. That doesn't mean that she's like, the cutting edge of sex columnists now And also like the people who write about sex now Are fucking wild Like <laughs> the people who write about sex now Are all like polyamorous Non-binary Septum piercing Because also in the show I do think this is something they did in the show a lot Where people expected things of Carrie And what was funny Or interesting or kind of like was an exploration of her insecurities was the reality of her versus the expectations. And that happened a lot in the show. Like people would, when she, whenever she was interacted with by the media or by uh, when she got paid to work for Vogue, they're always disappointed in her. They're always like, "Mm, no. And what's interesting is seeing her rise to that and be comfortable being embarrassing and being embarrassed like that's what's interesting. You don't want to see a successful person just going into environments and being like smashing it. You want to see someone in in their vulnerability and like their awkwardness trying to be cool. Like that's much more interesting to watch, I think. Yeah. And that, okay, so I, this that wasn't the part that I didn't like about the podcast. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the part that I didn't like about the podcast was like the woke moment segment Like oh, I literally yes. make my toes <laughs> curl With embarrassment and cringe And like I think something that Like older people writing about this Kind of like woke Politically correct things They always seem to think That it's like it's about the gimmick And it's about the buzzwords And that like queer characters Non-binary characters are just waiting To like educate and like Take people down on podcasts And I'm like kind of And that's kind of my whole podcast But also also (laughs) not Like it's it's more subtle than that Like you're more Like I don't know any queer person who would have a woke moment segment on their podcast like it actually makes me feel physically ill (laughs) but again I don't know I don't know if I'm giving them too much credit but I thought that was kind of them making fun of themselves as well I mean I just everything that was cringy I saw as intentional Mm. because I wanted to see it that way (laughs) yeah I mean I thought I thought some of it like I love Miranda not listening to the podcast like that was very funny yeah, and I, I, to be honest, I think the most interesting story, which is also the story that most people hate, I think, the most, is Miranda. Because I think in the show, Miranda was more, she kind of got, she kind of like after the show, people realised how cool she was. But at the time, she was supposed to be the kind of 
geeky one who kind of got it wrong a lot mm. um, and was awkward and couldn't get men. But then afterwards, people started calling themselves Mirandas and it became kind of trendy. So I think people were really appalled because of this, the self of themselves that they see in Miranda in this show is just like, she's just like pure, embarrassing, problematic white woman. And I just think that's quite triggering for people who are identifying as Mirandas. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a different perspective on that as well, that like, I don't know, that the way that the, the reboot has dealt with race and intersexuality has been so clumsy and just like, I just am seeing it all as intentional, which is why I'm loving it. Because I think that they're trying to say, look, we're going to take you into this moment where all these women in different ways are just completely lost and they're not dealing with things well. And we're not uh, celebrating that. Like when people were like, what's happened to Miranda? It's like, we're supposed to be seeing them doing like we need there to be an arc and a, and development. So it's fine that this early on, this is what's going on. Exactly. Like, and also so like the whole, the whole premise of the first sh- of the show was these women have their careers sorted out. They have their lives sorted out, but they don't have a man at the moment in the show. They uh, in the, and just like that, they all have a man. So we need attention. What's the tension. And it, and it has to be their careers and stuff. And I, okay, so here's my thoughts on the Miranda thing. So for anyone who hasn't watched it, I imagine no one who hasn't watched it is going to listen to this. So never mind, actually. Forget I said that. Basically, so Miranda's there. She mistakes her professor in her human rights law class for a student because of her hair is different. There's this whole problem about she's basically like racist to this woman. And she gets it wrong. The professor tries to call her out and then she kind of doubles down and it digs a hole and it gets worse and worse. It's a classic interaction where you think you've done nothing wrong, but you've actually done something racist and you're called out on it and you won't back down and it's bad. And by you, I mean we and I mean white people. So I think what I completely could see Miranda doing that. And I completely agree with you. And I think like she was seen as like the cool, trendy, edgy now on this kind of like 2021 lens, there's a kind of idea that Miranda was the cool alternative one all along that saw through the kind of like heteronormative shit the others were doing. Like she's wearing a suit in like the entire of the first series. And so to see her doing that racist stuff, you're like, oh no, that's not her. That's not her. Yes, it's fucking her. Yes, it's her. <laughs> she's not cool. I think this is the thing about Miranda's. Like, yeah, she she's always... She's socially awkward. She's overly academic and lacks some social graces. She's always been like that. And I completely buy this is how she would age. I mean, she's like, even when they were, when, even when they were in their thirties, she was always the one who kind of like would say, I'm not comfortable here. Or like, I don't feel good about myself here. I mean, she, she's not comfortable in her skin. She's the least comfortable in her skin, I think. And actually, I, I really like that, that there's that bit on the train where they talk, her and the professor. Uh, I was at my, um, I, I quit my job in... That's corporate law, wasn't she before? Corporate law. Um, and she says, because I, I didn't want to keep wearing a... something a pussy hat like, or something. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's such a nod to the fact that her feminist character in the show was just like quite a superficial... I mean... N- she is she's feminist in how she lived her life like she was independent and stuff but she's not 
like a, a political, she doesn't have any activism in the show. She doesn't really enact. I don't know. I just feel like I believe this from this character that she would, she'd realize this late in her life that the lifestyle she was leading wasn't in keeping with her values. And she would kind of, got a bit of ahead of herself and thinking that just in the act of quitting her job or in the act of being a woman or in the act of wearing power suits, she was then doing feminism perfectly. But actually, you know, she was doing white feminism most of the show. Yeah. And I saw, I saw a good tick. I saw a TikTok that was basically discussing this and they said, what are you talking about? Like Miranda's lived in New York all of these years. How would she not be clued into all this racial dynamic stuff? And it's like, this is her getting clued in Like if she was going to live this kind of like Enclosed wanting to be in a white bubble life She would move out of New York Maybe Or she would move to a very white area of New York And she wouldn't engage in this human rights course she's doing And she wouldn't be asking these questions And making these mistakes with her professor She would just be like Charlotte And not get involved in any of it That's the thing Why do we have to see a perfect product? Like why do we have to see I, I honestly think it's just People's own anxieties With their blunders Because like any person In a modern society Knows that you, you're not Like a perfect woke result You're constantly learning And like changing And I think people just find it uncomfortable To see that like uh the growing pains of that yeah I agree but, but like it this is interesting I think I want to see the growing pains of that and like I want to see someone just I think that they did a really good job of showing how she's just on the line so like everything she's doing you can see her good intention but she's just getting it a bit wrong I'm sorry, but that's what the last five years have been about surely mm. for everyone <laughs> yeah totally and I really agree with that and I think like the, the I think a couple of bits The writing wasn't amazing in it Is the only thing I would say Like I the bit where she like saves The professor from the Chucky doll thief The Chucky doll thief was so <laughs> unnecessary scary. scary I didn't think that Was it a child? I don't think it was, it was a small man With a Chucky doll mask Why Chucky doll? I'm Why Chucky doll? So, so, so creepy But the bit where she says like Oh I didn't know if that was a white saviour moment I'm like okay I think we've we've kind of over-egged this pudding now You can stop talking about white saviour But then if she didn't say it If she didn't say it Then would the show be trying to show That she was a white saviour? Oh yeah, I guess Yeah, maybe that's why they did that I'm just, honestly, I'm Miranda's lawyer I'm just here for the whole No, no, I think no, but You're, you're not even Miranda's lawyer You're the lawyer You're defending, like, the awkward process Of getting things wrong about race And correcting yeah. yourself Which I think is a valid thing to A valid thing to defend what would the show What would the show, if that So if they wanted to include that whole Chucky moment Which I think was there to you know, produce an slightly unnatural bond between these two women because quite frankly, that woman did not want to be her friend. So we needed a we needed a dramatic moment. But then I think, yeah, we needed to see that they're still grounding, that they're still making the same mistakes even after that moment happens. So I think the white savior comment was really important because otherwise it's like too neatly packaged Like oh yeah so she did this nice thing and now this lady loves her and everything's fine. It's like no you're still Human relationships are still really messy Like you you make mistakes And you do awkward things And then you And then you kind of like each other at the same time I just thought that was Her staying consistent In her 
problematic character. And actually, to be honest, it would have been way less believable if we'd come to meet these women in their 50s and suddenly like Carrie's got a Black Lives Matter top on. Like this is so much more real of like, actually imagine you are someone who spent the last like 25 years in Manhattan working in corporate law, but you do consider yourself to be feminist. You do consider yourself to be progressive, but then Black Lives Matter came along. You realize it's not quite right anymore. Your perception of yourself, you join a class and in that class you realize, oh, actually I was even more wrong. This is, I don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I also just feel like, Miranda is the perfect person to show how while you're trying to learn, you also still have an ego and a sense of yourself as being a certain type of person. I don't know anybody who hasn't said at one point in their life something like, oh, I'm not racist or I'm not sexist. Like We all say these things, especially when we feel shame, especially when we think we've done something wrong. And so she's perfect for that because she's supposed to symbolize a lot of the time they're like voice of reason with the group of girls and a groundedness. That's what we all identify in ourselves when we're like, when we have our like ideal of who we are, we all think that we're that. So yeah, I think she should be the one that we see. Cause it'd be so easy to have it be Carrie. Cause everyone hates Carrie. Cause she's so fucking annoying, but no, let's make it Miranda. Let's make it really uncomfortable. Someone that we actually like. I mean, controversially, I don't not like Carrie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Carrie's fine. I like Carrie. She's fine. This season, she was great. She stopped squealing. Now she's in this. Oh, we have to talk about her and Big. So people keep talking about the fact Again, I'm going to really stand up for the show But people keep saying, why didn't she call 911 When she came in This is a spoiler The, the she, whole thing will be a spoiler But this is big okay. spoiler alert So big, big spoiler, spoiler, the twist at the end of episode one uh, Yeah, is that Big um, has a heart attack When he's on his Alexa bike What's it called? Peloton Peloton bike with his Alexa trainer, whatever her name is. She's called like Allegra or something. (laughs) No, maybe, no, that might be the woman who was sacked from Downing Street. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it is Allegra because I remember hating how he says Allegra. Oh my God, Um, Allegra. If her name is also Allegra, then the name Allegra has really got a lot of airtime this week. I think it's a coincidence, perfect coincidence. So she arrives in... Big still got life in his eyes And everyone was like Why didn't she perform CPR, etc Yeah, and what I would like to say to that is I think it's the actor Chris Noth's fault Because I think his body was supposed to be dead And she probably should have just touched his wrist to, to, Or like, you know, his pulse To indicate she was looking To see if he was dead But I think that scene is supposed to be Like, all people are saying now is you know, you should call CPR and that the um, the instinct to save your loved one. Did you say that the other day that, that your instinct to save your loved one is so strong? And that's why they always say you should give CPR mainly to distract yourself. Yeah. Um, while the first aid are coming. But I think that Chris Noth was supposed to be dead and he just moved his arm and looked a bit too alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think Because I think he hated the show And he just wanted to sabotage His final move was to just fuck over Carrie Because he hates her Did he really hate the show? 
Yeah, remember I told you about He hated what it did to New York, right? <laughs> he hated what he just I think he really looked down on the aspects of it which you should look down on, which is like all the materialism and the capitalism. But I just think it was his final act of sabotage. Adore that take. Adore that take. The other thing I wanted to talk about, which I thought was again really true to form, was Charlotte being like a grief thief. And talking like <laughs> a lot of people who've been bereaved talk about this. That happens in Fleabag when she loses her mum, and like it's a common trope of like you're you've lost somebody, and then there's somebody comes to the person's funeral and is like crying way more than you and like making it all about them. And like Charlotte did that with Big, and I just thought it was exactly what would have happened to Charlotte. Yeah, I just think that was so real and cool and. And also the way they dealt with the blame, how um, Carrie basically, she did and she didn't blame Charlotte because Charlotte pushed her to come see her daughter's recital. And she thinks if she'd been home, then she would have been there when Big had the heart attack. And so she basically denies blaming Charlotte, but then it's revealed that she does blame Charlotte. And then they get in this kind of fight and then she just opens the door and says, Charlotte, like, come in. And... I just found that really moving because blame is complex, you know, and you don't, I think Carrie doesn't want to blame her and she wants to say, I just can't deal with how emotional you're being, but she's also does blame her. And Charlotte knows that. And I think that's why Charlotte is being a grief thief because she can feel that Carrie's looking at her as she's, as if she's responsible for her husband's death. Also, if we want to use some, therapy there's a whole idea called projective identification which is that which is that when an emotion is unbearable it becomes projected into another person sometimes and they become the container for the emotion and I think that's what Carrie was doing to Charlotte I think Charlotte was the emotional container for her grief and so it was just pouring out of her and it was unbearable for Carrie to see but she was also doing Carrie a service she was holding her grief so I think they were kind of having a bit of a therapy client relationship going on where Carrie was like, I, I can't look at you because you're a symbol of all my pain. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the reasons why when personally, if I'm really upset about something and I tell someone and they cry on my behalf, the feeling of why it makes me so angry is because it's like I'm dealing with this thing right now and I'm holding myself together I'm making it yeah. work for me and you're making you're reminding me how sad I am and you're making it about yeah. you and I think it's that exact feeling of your kind of you're reminding me of the sadness of the situation and Carrie was very kind of practical and organizing the funeral like straight away. Like the girl was like fucking in the funeral parlor at like 9 a.m. the next day. I was like, what is this? But it's interesting because she plays this dynamic out with Charlotte a lot. I think Charlotte often becomes a target for Carrie's rage just because she's so perky. Um, There's an episode in the show where uh, where Carrie is broke because she's just broken up with her boyfriend and he wants, she basically has to buy her whole apartment or she's going to get evicted. And she says she has no money and she asks all the girls and the girls all say, oh, you can have money, you can have money from me. And Charlotte is the only one who doesn't offer her the money. And so then Carrie just directs all of her rage at Charlotte. 
and says like, how dare you not offer me that money? And Charlotte says, well, Carrie, you're an adult woman, you're responsible. And then ultimately Charlotte gives her this ring, which Carrie's going to survive off to pay her. And it's a loan and it's this really beautiful moment. But I think sometimes Carrie acts out in a kind of teenage way towards Charlotte. Mm. But I think Charlotte's clumsiness, it kind of is permission giving for Carrie to act out her rage. And ultimately she does her such service because then she's able to really feel what she needs to feel. But I think she gets put into this kind of, uh, she's a joke in a way in these scenes where she's like crying and laughing and crying. But actually I think she, she's doing a really, something really important for Carrie because Carrie is trying to, to push it all down. Charlotte um, helps her heal. Amazing. Um, something else. I'm <laughs> so many really deep. Thoughts yeah, really that. amazing. Like honestly, we all should pay you a hundred quid an hour for that. Um, the next point I wanted to get onto is non-binary icon Shay. 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 What's Jay. what are our predictions there? They're gonna fuck Miranda. Is that what this is leading up to? Yeah, definitely. Because her and Steve, you can tell it's stale. So do you think that would happen? But like, would Miranda cheat on Steve? Is that is there precedent for that? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I almost feel like <laughs> I almost feel like Steve is just in it because that actor didn't have a lot on. <laughs> but if anyone should have died, it should have been Steve. Yeah. Sorry, I know people like Steve, but I do think Miranda and Steve, there wasn't a lot more to see between them. Like his whole function as a character was to help Miranda grow and to become soft and gentle in a way that she'd kind of like kind of like the part of her femininity that she thought was unfeminist was liberated with her relationship with Steve, where she was able to be like loving and tender whilst also being this amazing power woman. But what's the point of him now? Yeah, I agree. Also, I think like it's so, Miranda is just reads so gay. This is the thing is like the first, I like I've gone back and watched the first series and that's why I'm like, Miranda was She's gay. Too gay to function. She's too gay to function in that first series. <laughs> like she literally is dressing and reading and walking so gay <laughs> that they literally in the third episode, like she gets mistaken for a lesbian and her boss like invites her and like this mistaken girlfriend to his dinner party yeah. And then like they basically wrote that storyline in to be like, oh, look, she got mistaken for a lesbian, but she's not a lesbian because she was giving off such gay vibes. And yeah, like such gay energy. And I'm just like, also, the actress is by like the queerness was there from the very beginning. And they're finally rectifying that. And I just think actually there was great chemistry between her and Che. Such good chemistry. What they're going to do? I hope that someone goes down on Che. Someone will. I know Che will be going down on someone else. Yeah, as I said, I knew it was the wrong way around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm swimming in uh, uh, strange waters that are not my own. But um, I think no. I think something. I think there's something. Something's going to happen between them like, It's going to be romantic I mean it's a classic like meet cute situation Where they fall out And then they have a conversation about Like respecting each other And yeah I'm just 
Steve is just a bit of a waste of space and I don't know how we're going to get rid of him, but. This is the thing is like, they had to do something about all of these married women that were going to be in this series. Like they had to kill someone off. There's going to have to be an affair and Lord knows what's going to happen to Charlotte and her husband. I just also think Miranda exploring her sexuality would be such an interesting plot line. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I can't believe they never did it before. But also Carrie, maybe Carrie is now going to, because they've really set it up to be like, look, Carrie's a prude. So maybe this is the season where Carrie explores her sexuality. Yeah, maybe this is the season. I think as well, like if if she's not going to sleep with a woman, I think she's going to like get a butt plug or something. I think she's going to get into vibrators. Yeah. That's my prediction. Because I think she's very into the like introspective sexuality, but I, I don't see her, I don't see her dating after big. No. Because they made it all look so idyllic. Because in the movies, it was all about the like high, high drama presentations of their love. And it was just really uncomfortable and materialistic. And shallow but this show it felt like a return to why they would actually be together that they both kind of he likes to be nerdy about records and she likes to do little bits and he likes to deflect and make empty comments all the time and she loves that too like they both love to enjoy their own humor and kind of say things that don't mean anything. And I just think that's what what's special about their relationship. Yeah, um, I think so too. And I, I actually really liked the pandemic storyline. Like it's yeah. nice that we can imagine what they were like in the pandemic and they were making salmon and listening to records. Like I love that's that. gorgeous. And like, that's what we were all doing. I'm allergic to salmon, but yeah, <laughs> it's definitely exactly what they would be doing. And I think the whole thing with the records and the music it was such a big part of their relationship that he kind of has this like classical, he only really expresses his emotions when he's talking about Frank Sinatra or Billie Holiday. Like that's the only time you really see him being emotional. And then she just has this look at her, a look like she looks at him and you can just see that she like she loves him, but she doesn't kind of dare come that much nearer. So I'm glad we got to see them and, and how they would age. Cause I do think, yeah, that's, that's what, that was the chemistry between them. Yeah. Really nice. So finally, because um, we've both got COVID exhaustion, what, well, what are your predictions for the rest of the season? My predictions are, I think Charlotte is definitely cruising for a breakdown. And I think that's important. I think I'm most interested to to see Miranda's plotline because uh, she's obviously drinking. I wonder if her drinking is going to escalate into a bad place. Stevens are going to be able to handle it. It's going to be the breakdown of their marriage. And then she's going to get together with Shay. Carrie, there's going to be lots of moments where Carrie looks into the distance and feels lots of feelings. I think she's just going to be feeling lots of feelings. And then I think as the season goes on and her grieving becomes more up and down and less just in the depths, I think we're going to see more of her experimenting and finding out more about how to be a single woman in her mid forties. So I think that will be interesting. Sorry, I'm really not feeling well. Okay, let's, let's end, let's end. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your COVID contribution, babes. And um, I hope you feel better soon, my angel. Love you.
and that's our show for this week thank you so much for listening you can find us on instagram at tv change me or on twitter at tv change me pod this show is produced by me edited by me and all of the music was by the beautiful musical mastermind that is iora and if you're interested in coming on as a guest on the show uh get in touch because we're always looking for new people you don't have to be a celebrity you just have to have a story to tell about television uh anyway i think that's everything bye